Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey gang, welcome to the best Tuesday you've had all week. You're listening to True Wealth. This is Justin Brugman. I'm here with Matt Dixon. David is out of the office today, so we're going to try and cover for him. Okay. We're going to do our best. I think we've got this, though. So, Matt, when we were talking in the office, do you want, what are we going to talk about today? Well, hopefully our wives aren't listening because <laughs> we're going to be talking about money and how it relates to your marriage and the y- dynamics. I mean, yes. it's, it's this big interwoven thing, and sometimes it can be awesome, and sometimes it could use some work. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best, like, we're talking about finances, so yep. not necessarily about the investing or the no. planning. This is about how money runs through your life and then how it changes because when you get married, which going to steer this a little bit to more newly married or just about to be married couples, which it can relate to past all of it. Oh, yeah. Like if you're married and you've been married for 20 years, this is still going to apply to you because the odds are pretty high that you've got one or two bad habits lingering around. And maybe today is the motivation for you to make a change and improve that at marriage. Maybe. Yeah, I'm shooting for the stars here, Justin. <laughs> but you know what? I can be optimistic on the radio. I get that. I get to do that. We're not doing full counseling section or session over the radio. Well, you know what? My, you know, my initials are MD, so right. it counts for something. There you go. So when we're talking about this aspect of with marriage and combining finances, because I mean, of course, which before you're married, it's just one person typically, Mm -hmm. that you're taking care of after, say, your parents are taking care of you. And then you're combining. Yeah. And that can be a pretty rough transition when you're first married. It can can be. And I was looking up some weird statistics of, like, 46% of arguments within married couples are about finances. Hmm. That seems like, that's that's pretty high. It is. Almost half of every argument is related to money. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is. I I don't know. Is that, I don't know for you, but for me, it's like, I, is it really that much? Now you've got me sitting here thinking about all the fights I've had over the last 12 months trying to document <laughs> like those and be like, what's money? that one about money? Huh. So, which we're going to go through a list of some, you know, some different stages, some different topics, and we're going to we work through should it. Should we kind of start at the beginning? We like, should. Because when you're first getting married... Um, Maybe even before you're married. Can you think of anything before you're married that would be a good recommendation? I I know one comes to mind for me, and that's kind of like a full disclosure moment. Yes. Where it's like, okay, before we get married, you should probably let all the cats out of the bag on what you've got in the closet. Like I, I love the phrasing that we looked up for. It was discuss your demons. Yeah. What financial <laughs> demons do you have right. hanging around? And what it means by the discussion of your demons is, you know, if when you're combining, which one partner may have more debt, one mm-hmm. partner may have more responsibility of that you, the other partner doesn't know. Right. About. Like she might have a 
Ulta problem and that Ulta card <laughs> has a $10,000 bill and you're like, honey, we're going to have to rein back how much you're spending on lipstick. May have to scale up. You never have too much lipstick, Matt. Yeah. Um, and we're going to kind of jump around on these topics is one, which is don't set yourself up as a disaster mm-hmm. for a disaster, which that's talking about paying for the wedding, the honeymoon, and which I looked at some crazy statistics. The average cost for a wedding is like $26,000. I, well, I can't imagine spending that much money. Right. Right. I don't know about you, but the thought of, and I've been to weddings that have been over like 40,000 and sure, you know, they're amazing. They're beautiful, but what's, what's the burn rate per hour there? You know, you have a, <laughs> like a four hour wedding and it's $40,000. Yeah. Was the $10,000 an hour worth it? Ooh, <laughs> maybe it might be. That will ring into the, a later topic of CPUs cost per unit. Yeah. Use. Yeah, exactly. Or my cost mind, per use. My mind goes to like, what's this costing me per hour? So how, well, the big thing is having that discussion and mm-hmm. which, because the hardest part is, though, so if you, there might be you, some deal breakers in there. Yeah. Depending on, you know, what the financial situation is. I mean, if you're accumulating a bunch of debt to mm-hmm. get married, then you're already starting the marriage process is crawling out of a hole. For me, it was a deal breaker. I would, I'll, I'll throw it out <laughs> on air. I was in a relationship. I was dating someone, you know, it kind of was a little bit serious and, the discussion came up with money and they were making a decision to purposely go into debt, mm-hmm. like forty, fifty thousand dollars on something that I thought wasn't necessary. And I'm like, long term, if that's how you plan to spend money, like we're not equally yoked here. Right. right. Like we're just not. You and I have a much different sense of money. So I think that's why talking about things and discussing those demons as it, you know, is listed here is is something that's important because two people can be very, very um, far apart on finances, and if you're not close, it's probably not going to work long term. Maybe. I'm just going out on a limb, <laughs> throwing it <laughs> well, all out even, there. Because even typically what you have is you usually, which, yeah, crazy debt, mm-hmm. that can be a deal breaker, is typically in a relationship, which this is not always I'm talking statistically yeah, most statistically common. Statistically the most common. Is you typically have a natural spender and a natural saver in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you're both natural spenders. Oh, boy. It might be a wild ride. Yeah. It's and true. if you're both natural savers is you may be missing out on the experiences that you should be because all you're doing is saving, saving, saving mm-hmm. instead of enjoying the experiences that you could. Yeah. Most common is you have the combination of the two. Is right. One is a spender, one is a saver. Um, one that- heavily watches the finances, the other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but discussing with the demons that mm-hmm. we can go back to is, is a very important concept of knowing where your money is as a couple. Right. Where it's flowing, where it's going. Um, and also is understanding your partner's mindset. What are, Oh, that's a huge one. What are their independent goals Mm -hmm. based on your goals together? Yep. Which they can be very different, which it can be hard conversations. Yeah. But they're also conversations that 
Well, for the sake of your marriage and your finances, 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 <laughs> finances are important. And having those conversations often because, I mean, my needs change. So do my wife's needs change, which right. they might not be on the same level. Yeah, I think you're you're kind of leading into the comment that it's like communication is the main mm -hmm. piece here because if you're not communicating about it or you can't communicate because you're always angry, mm -hmm. well, that's, that's a pretty big problem because if you can just communicate and talk and figure each other out, then there's a lot more leniency, I feel like, because you know where they're coming from and they're, you know mm -hmm. why they're doing what they're doing. And it's an understanding of maybe the flaws or not flaws, which my flaws and your flaws may be two different things, mm -hmm. which to us, they might not be flaws. Right. I mean, how much money did you bet on fantasy football or right. DraftKings, you know? Yeah. Which that might not be an important thing to your wife or to my wife, but it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, and like my wife, she knows that I'm going to spend money on fishing stuff, right? right? And it's like, Matt doesn't spend much money, but when it comes to fishing, he's going to open up the billfold and he's going to spend some money. And most of the time, it's pretty reasonable. So she she's given me a long enough leash. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I know where she's going to spend money. She's going to spend money to go travel. And so I know that that's important to her. Mm -hmm. I know that that's a big part of her life, and that's what kind of keeps her going. And she knows fishing kind of keeps me going. So we allow each other some grace in those areas. And I think, like you said, it's a lot about kind of the discussion part, the communication part, and then knowing what makes the other person tick. Right. And then, which, again, I'm going to say that this is not advice. This is not what I'm s saying you should do, which, you know, there's differences on. The always question is, so do we combine finances mm -hmm. or do we keep everything separate and work it around that way? It that's, is, that's a tough one and for a lot of people. It's very different for yeah everyone. Yeah. You can't really say that there's just one method no. that that makes sense there. But and I think I think for the majority of the time, I think you can kind of lean one way or another on that. And I think a lot of the aspect of that is is you are a team in marriage and you're you know whether the income's higher for one or lower for the other, or they're both the same or one's not working and one is working is it's still a team, it's still a bucket of mm -hmm our money or their money right. so keeping it as one from a psychological aspect may help certain people the others some others which it works out for some people is they keep everything separate they spend their yeah. own money and some people have their combined right. and then they're separated which combined you know it's going to pay all their bills um you know overhead food things like that then they kind of have their own separate spending so they don't feel like the others micromanaging right. what yeah. they're spending money on yeah you can definitely make it work if the finances mm -hmm. are separate it might be a little bit harder um mm -hmm. just because it i think that leaves room for um you know fights and saying hey you know well you know you spent money over here and covered <laughs> both of us on this i mean i think it leaves room for potential fighting but it can work i think the big piece there is just kind of having a common goal 
mm-hmm. that you both are are saying, hey, this is what we we jointly want to achieve. And if you have some common financial goals, then at least you can get on the same page and kind of get behind something. Whereas if, you know, one person strictly wants to put money in one place and the other person wants to be in a completely different place, well, now there's no common ground. Right. And that's a big issue, I right. think. Right. I, I definitely do. I, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Um, and then another one is setting your eyes on the same prize. Mm-hmm. So establishing goals that are um, the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like how much you want to put into savings, for example. Right. Like my wife and I were on the same goal with that. We have a number in mind. That's Mm -hmm. how much we want to go into savings each month. And the other piece of that is we look at it and say, we we do things maybe different than some, but we put all of our bills and all of our expenditures on a credit card. We only have one credit card. Everything goes on that. And we know how much should roughly be going on the credit card every week. Right. So we check it once a week and we're like, you know what? The the spending was higher this week than it should have been. Let's just try and be a little bit more mm-hmm. frugal this next week. And then the next week rolls by and we're like, you know what? <laughs> Things are looking pretty decent. We right. balanced it out. We can kind of continue spending as normal. And if we get to a spot in week three where we've kind of hit the max threshold or we're above a certain amount, that's when it's like, hey, we're eating out of the freezer for the next week, right? right. Like we're going to skip the grocery store or you know what? That that shopping trip to the Marshalls can wait. So that leads us into setting a something with a B. <laughs> no, don't ignore the B word. Don't ignore the B is. word. But I think we're uh, coming up on a break. We are coming up on, on so a gonna break. So they're going to have to wait. So when we get back, we will talk about the B word and okay. to not ignore it. Uh, and you're listening to True Wealth on 1240 KQEN 93.9 FM. Hey gang, welcome back to True Wealth. This is Justin Brugman and I'm with... Matt Dixon. So we left the... Or right before the break, we had the phrase is don't ignore the B word. Mm-hmm. So Matt... What is this? It could be the most terrifying word <laughs> in the entire dictionary, and it stands for budget. Yes. No one wants to hear that word, right? Like, we want to just put the blinders on and run around and swipe that card. Which, you know, I love budgets. Everything about them. You know, you're kind of the king of budgets. Like, I've seen it. You've got an Excel sheet. Like, you've got it penciled out. Which when we're taught, which crazy enough, I was mm-hmm. looking up statistics and marriages and budgets and things like that. Yeah. If you had to guess, what percentage of couples actually have an established budget? You would think like 50%, right? You would think that one out of every two has a budget. Yep. Less than a third. That's not, that's kind of terrifying. I don't know what they <laughs> just, like what they're classifying as a budget, but- you should have something, right? There's got to be something there. Like we have a weekly look at 
you know, the credit card. Now, is it a budget saying I'm going to do this much for food and I'm going to do right? Yeah, n- maybe not, but we we at least like kind of track it, right? Right. Like, at least track it. Which full disclosure, I'm not great at a budget. I like doing them for everybody else. I hate doing them personally. You know, what's really frustrating about it is I I did it once, like a real in-depth look, where mm-hmm. I broke it down by every category. The most frustrating part was, in theory, you should be able to spend this much for this category and this much for this category. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and you're like, man, I'd have a lot of money left over. But that just isn't the case. No. And it's because stuff happens, right? Yes. Like your air conditioner needs cleaned, right? Sore subject, Matt. (laughs) Well, I'm having mine cleaned this week, right? Like it's part of life. You don't budget to have your air conditioner cleaned like once every year or two. Right. And so that'll hit you. And then it's like, well, this month I have to buy my hunting and fishing license. That happens once a year and that's expensive. So there's these things that kind of sneak up and it blows apart your budget. And Mm -hmm. then, you get frustrated and you quit. I think that's where a lot of people end up, yeah. right? Like, well, I can't stick to it, so I'm going to quit. Yeah. So I think that's why it's important to have the conversation and find out what budget works for you because you can find something that works. We found something that works, right? Mm-hmm. We do a weekly snapshot of the finances. We go through and say, you know, we're over, we're under. Hey, we're under. I can go buy a new pair of golf shoes. So... You had to buy a new pair of golf shoes. I did. Justin (laughs) watched it. We were golfing together, and I torqued a little too hard on the drive and blew my golf shoe in two. But we finished the day strong and still got third in the tournament, so I'm pretty pretty happy about that. And establishing the budget is probably one of the most important parts. Yeah, it is. It's the hardest. the, The money in marriage. Because it's the combination of two combined incomes. If both are working, there's different news for everybody. Um, you know, whether you have children, um, they obviously fit into a budget too because kids do cost money. Okay, you you're <laughs> freaking me out here, Justin. I'm looking on this on this sheet, and it's saying that. Um, on average, and this was in 2017, so like we're going what feels like forever ago in time, back when prices made sense, and the average cost of raising a kid to 18 in the U.S. was 233000 That just seems like so much money. Like, it, I know that kind of, that number kind of calculates if one parent stays home and doesn't work. Right, it's like, missed it, wages, it's cal- things yeah, like that wages, too. But man. The extra cost spendy. of insurance, things like that, which, I mean, if you were mm-hmm. math, which, that's just taking an average. It could be more or less depending on where you live and things like that. But it's about $12,000 a year. Yeah. No, that can't be too crazy. So say someone looks at this and they're like, okay, things are getting expensive. I want to create a budget. There's got to be some software out there or something. There is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that we can like make recommendations. I don't think we can promote really soft, which I can say what. You know what? It's out there. Yes. That's good There is. I mean, I can say what I personally use. It's called Mint. Mint? Mint. Okay. And it's on the phone and it tracks things and it tracks your spending. Do you like link it to your credit card or something? It links everything, which I'm not promoting it because I'm not sure how that all stuff works. I'm just saying what I, me and my wife personally use. 
Um, a lot then, of the big banking apps now, at least like yeah. on mine, it will actually give me a snapshot month by month of mm-hmm. what percentage of my money went to what section. Like, right. Did you eat out and spend 40% of your money on fast food? <laughs> right. You will you can find that out. Yes. It exists in there. So play around on your banking app because you can probably get a snapshot of it. There's definitely plenty of software out there to help, which spreadsheets is how my brain works. So. That's typically where I tend to run to, mm-hmm. but you know, something on your phone that you can just kind of click and say, Hey, and it'll even track like what your spending is based on last month to this month at this stage of the month. It's like you're $500 over budget on where you were right. last month. You're like, what the heck did I buy? I don't know if you know this, Justin, but my wife has a chai latte addiction. Okay. She will not function without a chai latte. <laughs> like, it's out the window and we were actually kind of doing some budgeting stuff and we were looking at it and I'm like, you realize you're getting one every day. Right. And that's like five, six bucks. That's a lot Mm -hmm. of money a month. And I went online and I looked it up to see if I could find the exact recipe from where she was getting it. Right. I found it. I found the exact ingredients and I brought them home. Like I, I bought like four jugs of the chai stuff and said, try this, mix it to this ratio, add some ice. She tried it and she's like, oh my gosh, it's exactly the same. And I'm like, (laughs) I did the math. That's like 40 cents, not $5. And she's like, you have converted me. I will make this and take it to work every morning. That's a huge saving. That's that's over $100 a month. The other question is, is she making it or are you making it for her in the morning? Sensitive subject, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> uh, you know, I've actually been pretty lucky. She's been making most of them. But I know my time is coming where it's going to be like, Matt, you're the barista. Maybe. Yeah, it's like when you, you made dinner, the least I can do the is Jack of all traits, bud. You got to yeah. do it all. <laughs> so, bud, yeah, so budgeting is extremely and i would say probably the top which discussing the demons probably number one mm-hmm. you got to know the financial you situation you got to know what you're getting into yes okay because that don't want to be a curveball two years after marriage be like weird you have fifty thousand dollars in debt i've seen that know. happen i've <laughs> seen couples that have had that happen where they didn't give full disclosure oh man so you know discussing the demons having your eyes set on the same per- prize is mm. expectations of spending versus saving as right. a couple extremely important building that budget definitely makes sense um the common goal thing yes. i think is a big one yeah looking to the future and saying where do we want to be and having both partners tracking and seeing where mm-hmm. the money flows go which Sometimes you have a primary person that kind of takes care of all that stuff, but still having the knowledge of where the money is going is still helpful. Yeah. You know, the more we sit here and talk about this, the more I'm going to keep going back to the common goal thing, because I know so many married couples that have been married for 20 or 30 years Mm -hmm. and they actually don't have a common goal. And right. it, it's really kind of sad to see, right? Like they they each want different things, but they're too afraid to have the conversation mm-hmm. of like, well, what are we actually going to achieve? And so you spend all this time spinning your wheels in a spot where it's like, well, that's not getting you any any closer to where you want to be. Right. And then the other person spinning their wheels and it's like, 
hey, if you guys just get in the same rig and point mm-hmm. the car in the same direction, you're going to be a lot happier. To have the tough conversation. And at least communicating what, which typically you'll have together goals mm-hmm. and then maybe separate goals. Oh, and that's healthy too. Yeah, Boy. 100%. Yeah. Like me personally, to. I'm not super interested in traveling that much. Me neither. But our wives, they but love our, it. They, they do? Hey, there's an idea. Let's link them up, and we're going to put them on a cruise ship. We'll go golfing. I'll take you fishing. It'll be wonderful. It'll be great. Cruise ship, I'm still game for. Yeah? Is it, is it because you don't have to do a ton of like... I don't know. Never been on one. Just curious how yeah. it would be. I think it'd be fun. So, yeah. The budget is extremely important. Having it together with the understanding of what you guys want as a couple versus what you guys want maybe separately. Um and there's absolutely zero wrong with that. And also, if you do everything separate, that's perfectly okay as Just well. Just don't have secrets. No. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> secrets, bad. Don't yep. do it. If you're doing it, maybe it's time to confess. You, you want to you hear the No, crazy? you know what? I didn't advise that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not recommending you confess those financial yeah. secrets. Do it gracefully if you're yeah. going to do it. <laughs> and did Maureen 7%. Of the population has a concealed bank account, credit card account, or savings account that their spouse does not know about. How is that possible? Which I'm really hoping this does not You're... mean that everybody that's listening to this is going to go to their spouse and be like, Do you, are you one of the seven? Are you? Yeah, well, basically one in ten. Right. We're almost to that point where it's like one in ten. So, yeah. Which I don't know where they got that statistic from. I don't know if it's how concealed, just maybe one doesn't mm-hmm. monitor it based on the other. Um, I'm really bad with secrets. I could never do that. The I closest that I came to that one time I bought something, it was like $500. And I'm, I was like, man, at the time it was just a ton of money. And I'm like, I put it on, uh, like layaway and I just kept putting money <laughs> at it. And then one day I brought it home and I'm like, Oh, if she, you know, Cheyenne sees us. She's going to be upset even though she probably wouldn't have been. And I like hit it for like six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, one day I pulled it out. I'm like, check this out. And she was like, well, that's cool. And I'm like, what? Like, that's it? And she's like, oh, when'd you get that? I'm like, I've had it for like six months and I paid it off over the course of like the <laughs> last 18. She's like, good on you for not dropping all the money at right. once. Like, you don't really need to keep the secrets. Right. You might feel like you do. You probably don't. Well, we are running up on our next break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about giving each other some breathing room. Oh, man. And if you don't have it, you need it. Right. If you already have it, maybe you are not fully taking advantage and appreciate it. And we'll get right back into it after the break. You're listening to True Wealth on 93.9 FM, 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back. You're listening to True Wealth. And this is Justin Brugman, and I'm in the studio with... Matt Dixon. That's trying to break the microphone. Yeah, I'm always moving it around, and one of these days I'll break it. So we talked about not ignoring the B word. Budget. (laughs) Budget. (laughs) We just need a sign, yeah. (laughs) Budget. Make one. About not keeping secrets, understanding the mindset of your partner, discussing your demons... Um, and now we're getting back a little bit into giving each other some breathing room. Mm. 
What do, what does that mean? What what do you what do you hear when you think so, breathing room? How I think of it is, which I, I'm personalizing this a little bit, mm-hmm. is there's usually a like almost a dollar amount, which it's not a set dollar amount. If if you or your significant other is going to go spend this money without having a conversation about it, like if you're going to go buy it, hundred bucks, you go drop a hundred dollars on. Yeah, I mean. On a new golf club. If you show up with a new car, that's probably a conversation you should have with your significant Uh other. It's like, hey, just bought a $70,000 truck. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you should have that conversation. Probably. But because whether, you know, whether you're the person that really pays attention to the finances or not is not micromanaging your partner is important as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And giving them the space, whether it's you or your significant other, you know, they make the money too. Or they're a part of the income source. I mean, you know, if you have children's and children's children or more than one child and your wife isn't working, trust me, she's making a lot of money doing that because yeah, that's, that's a, a full-time, full-time yeah. job. Mm-hmm. That deserves a lot more respect than is given. Yeah, definitely. And having the breathing room to which some people will categorize it in a budget, say this is fun money. And each kind of person kind of has their fun money, which it can be combined fun money, separate fun money. Mm-hmm. But I know if if my wife says, "Hey, she went out and spent you know hundred bucks on something," okay, right. But you might get a little angry if it was a hundred dollars every other day yeah yeah it's the frequency (laughs) of when of when those fun money expenditures happen which i can't really talk because i'm more of the spender than my wife is so that would probably be me doing that (laughs) just stop it (laughs) um there's a fine line too between fun money and i i needed it Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of I think fights happen because mm-hmm. one person might look at that and say, that wasn't fun money. That, right. Like, like that was a non-negotiable got to have it, need it, not want it thing. And then the other one's like, um, no, you want it. Right. Yeah. So I think that kind of ties back into our earlier conversations of understanding your partner's financial mindset. Yeah. I mean, it's like spending $400 on a new golf club. That's a want. Right. Spending $400 on new tires for the car. Yeah, you needed a, it. <laughs> a, which it kind of brings into this next, which I got to thinking about this topic of is coming up with a system. And what I was reading is called CPUs. Is this going to be some type of math equation that breaks it down? Probably. Like, because if so, you have my interest. Yes. So cost per use Mm. which you'll love a little bit of this example so say let's say you're gonna go out and you're gonna go buy a $500 pair of shoes yep they're these fancy shoes and you're only gonna wear them five times a year wow yeah because you don't want them to get wet and dirty Mm mm-hmm so then you got that's what a hundred dollars per use per year yeah per year yeah wow is it worth it so then let's go another way. It's assuming that we carry a briefcase, which we don't 
anymore because with laptops and everything else is mm-hmm. go buy a $500 briefcase that you're going to use every single day. Right. The cost per use is less. And it's protecting something that's worth $1,500. Right. right. So now you're double dipping on the usage. And I could go the same way as, well, let's go spend $500 on a golf club cost per use. Mm. Which I would, to justify it, break it down as, all right, maybe it's a driver. So I got to drive, say, 16 times a golf <laughs> round once a week. It's pretty cheap cost per use. Right. That'd be interesting <laughs> to approach things from. <laughs> like if you actually managed your internal finances that way, yeah. it's like... <laughs> That's where you get yourself in some trouble because you can always justify your spending on what uh-huh. you're spending on. Yeah. But it's like cost for new tires. Go spend $500 on new tires. You use it Cost per usage of an hour, a mile. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different situation. But it is an interesting thought to have when you're going and spending a lot of money on things that you may not use very much. Right. Which I will even say, we got a trampoline. For our children. Have it they was, used it? The cost per use for the first six months was great. Okay. Since then... Has it dwindled? Not so much. It just kind of dwindles, which is the same thing as we're talking about getting a swimming pool, too. Which I'm like, I want one, which my wife will use it, too. So Justin, I'm not allowing you to get a swimming pool. You're not allowed to have one. You have the <laughs> river... In your backyard, go jump in the river. No we swimming pool for you. We have the kids, though. It's a want, Justin, not a need. It's off Probably. the table. I want a basketball hoop in the backyard, too. Hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. You'll, you'll see me at your house if you put one of those in. Yeah. Okay, so breathing room. The breathing room. It's important. It is very important. Trust your partner to make these decisions but also have a combined understanding. Mm-hmm. And when they make a mistake and they overspend, yell at them. Oh, wait. Wait, no. No, don't do that. No, bad advice. <laughs> bad, bad math. Which kind of so rolls into the next topic of the golden rule, Matt. Patience? Well, patience. <laughs> patience, communication. You no. Know. How about you're a team? Yes. Team? Okay. You are one. You're a team. Yeah. So having those. So don't treat them like they're on the opposite team. Don't yell at them. Is that where this is going? Correct. Ah. Well, strike three. I'm out. Yeah. And that it really is, is especially when we even see this too, is especially when one person is making a lot of all the financial decisions and then bad scenario is something happens to that person that makes all those financial decisions the other person's left in the dark yeah if you've been doing it by yourself for 30 years Mm -hmm. and you guys are retired and someone has a medical issue or something Mm -hmm. it's like imagine being thrust into that especially at an older age right which i mean i would even be i would have a really hard time Mm -hmm. if because which I'm sure there's ways because my wife does really great about keeping passwords and things where I can find them. Um, but I sometimes have no idea where stuff goes. Right. And if she wasn't here, holy crap. Here's a good test for you. Lose your wallet 
And then everything that's on auto pay has to be recalibrated and reset. I wanted to just give you crap about, well, Matt, lock your car, but. Yeah. As my, I can feel my wife rolling her eyes right now because. <laughs> um, Are you not the best at that, Justin? No. <laughs> no. If you know where I leave and need to borrow a car, just stop in. It's probably there. I just need a bigger garage so I can pull the vehicle into the garage I, and never lock it, right? There you go. And yeah, I could not imagine stolen mall having to reset everything. I would well, lose my mind. That's when you really know who knows what with the finances <laughs> because it's like, who pays the water bill around here? Does that just like magically happen? <laughs> it is. It's like paperwork at the office sometimes. Right? Like, who handled that? Yeah. Do we have another employee I don't know about? Right. <laughs> so you did lose your wallet. How'd that go? That was an absolute disaster in months of oh crap moments, right? Where it's like, oh crap, that was on auto pay. And now mm-hmm. I got to give them a new card number. And who and making lists of all the people. Mm-hmm. I think there was like 20 things on that list, right? And you're like, well, I don't want that to get shut off. And oh, yeah. you know, that's pretty important. And so, it, oh, Cheyenne handles that. Uh, I thought I handled that. No, she does apparently. Right. And so, hey, do you got a password for this? I've got a password for that. What a nightmare. Having an inventory list that both sides has access to, that has account numbers, passwords, it has to be really important. I know some people that don't do any auto pay and I don't know how they do it, but it's like every month sitting at the table with the list on the phone, giving the credit card number over the phone. And it's like, Oh man. I mean, but if you were to, but you know what you're spending. But if you were to think about that, that's a great way to budget. It is because you know what your expenditures are. I mean, it, it would maybe work. Yeah. It would maybe work. Maybe I should give that a try, probably. Yeah, take everything off auto pay, Justin, and then you're going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're spending $25 a month on a gym membership that, like, isn't in (laughs) use? That was the thing that killed me. Like, Cheyenne had a gym membership, and she was, we have stuff at the house, right? You have all the weights. My parents have a home (laughs) gym. Like, and you use the stuff at home, and you're paying for the stuff you don't use, and then my brain implodes, but... Patience. Patience, Matt. But we are running up into our last break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about calling in reinforcements, Matt. Ooh, okay. And we'll get back to that. You're listening to True Wealth, 93.9 FM, 1240 KQN. Hey, gang. Welcome back. You're listening to True Wealth. This is Justin Bruggeman, and I am with Matt Dixon. So, Matt, yep. before the break, we talked about calling in reinforcements. Who's the cavalry in this instance, Justin? That'll depend. Be, yeah, it depends on who you, who you need, right? Yes. Like, could it be a financial planner? Yes. Could it be someone at your church that talks about finances? Yes. Okay, it could be a lot of different people, right? But sometimes you need an outside mm-hmm. voice. That's just the reality of it, right? Yeah. I mean, having a third party is great. Well, having a third party is great (laughs) if they're neutral. Right. If they're not neutral and it's (laughs) your parents and you're bringing your spouse over and being like, hey, my parents are telling us. That's probably not a good idea. 
Well, maybe. My parents would take my spouse's side before mine, so. (laughs) Who's taking your side then, Justin? No one? Yeah, probably no one. Okay. The dog. I'm here for you. Me and the dog. I got a crash you can couch on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, if it's something that you're not able to, you're having a hard time establishing as a couple, ask for help. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, not sitting here telling people to go to couples therapy and things like that. If that's what you need to do, do it. That's fine. Are you a licensed therapist, Justin? I am not. Darn. I was going to seek your guidance, but you're off the table. If you looked at my transcripts, my psychology grades weren't that great either. (laughs) I pretend I know a lot, but I don't. Uh, Okay. Um, So, you know... As the money goes through your life as a married couple, which we're just kind of going to recap some of this, which one, don't start off going crazy in debt if you can avoid it because mm-hmm. that can cause some problems. Discuss the demons, important. Um, understanding your spouse and how they view money and how you guys view money as a couple, extremely important. Along with the B word, the budget word. Yeah, don't ignore the budget. Don't ignore the budget. Um, no don't, secrets. Yeah, secrets are no bueno. Yeah, secrets are bad in every way, shape, or form. Make sure and give each other a little bit of breathing room. Oh, yeah. Got to have the breathing room. Um, a little bit of fun money. The is fun important. money. Because if, if you don't have any of that, right, you just feel like you're, what, what am I working for? Right. Yeah. And somebody's very angry outside. Yeah, someone someone's listening to this broadcast, and they're just sitting outside the studio with the horn on. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry we busted your budget. <laughs> they're like, what, that are, secret you, bank what are you account, secret? <laughs> yeah, your secret bank account. You told your wife about it. She's upset. We're sorry. Um, but no, in all seriousness, if you do need someone to be the moderator, mm-hmm. and you need to take an actual look at, the finances and say how are we doing right um or maybe we just need some help getting to a goal right they can call justin they can or they can call me or maybe you talk to david we've got people on the team so you can give us a call the phone number is 541-375-0898 talk to heather or jan or shannon mm-hmm. someone's going to pick up Let's let's talk. Let's figure out some way we might be able to help you. Right. And we're going to segue just a little bit at the very end of this is teaching your children about finances. Oh, you can't. Yeah, you can't skip that part, right? Like lay the groundwork healthy mm-hmm. for yourselves because the kids are watching. Mm-hmm. They pick up on stuff. Yes. And so if you are modeling things the correct way, then the kids are going to be more likely to see that, pick up on those skills. Um, And, you know, you talked about it earlier. There is software out there Mm -hmm. to help with this stuff, right? Absolutely. Um, There are programs, not that we're going to sit here and, you know, give advice on any one particular place. But, like, as an example, Dave Ramsey has his Financial Peace University. That works for some people. Mm -hmm. Might not work for you. But it's out there. If you're struggling with debt, that's something to look mm-hmm. at. It's something to consider. There are other programs. There are other ways to do it. Um, maybe debt isn't the problem. Maybe you have a lot of money and it is 
it's you, you want to be a good steward of it. Right. That can be stressful. And some if you can do it on your own, that's awesome too. Right. Like that's why we do this show to educate people and to help them make better decisions. Right. Sometimes you need an outside voice. Right. So. And which, which talking about the children, it kind of it made me think of this when you're talking about cost per use. Pretty much is. Mm-hmm. I got a four man. Is he fourteen? A fourteen year old son. Wow. And Time's every single time a video game comes out, he he wants to have it. Got to have the new game, right? But then he'll always retract to paying the old game he always plays. So I'm like, do you really want to spend your money, mm-hmm. spend forty dollars or whatever it is on this game, which two hours from now you're gonna go right back to your old game. You're never gonna see this game again. I have that problem with video games too. Like I am part. I bought the new Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have one, but guess what? I want to play. The old one where I can open the tray and put the disc in and I can play the game that I like. So, you know, that new Xbox really. But we are coming up on time. Oh, um, are we really? Already. Jeez Louise, that went by fast. And this is Justin Brugman and I'm with Matt Dixon. And you're listening to True Wealth on 93.9 FM, 1240 KQEN. Proceeding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.